disappointment, joy, and conviction. Turks have felt all those emotions and more during a roller coaster election, which many expected would result in a clear win for President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. But on Monday night, as polls drew to a close, Mr. Erdogan was less than half of a percentage point short of securing a clear win against opponent Kemal Kiluc Daroglu, who was trailing behind by five points. I'm Nada Al-Tahir, and this is Beyond the Headlines. Today, it's fairly obvious we're talking about the Turkish elections. Historic is a word that gets thrown around quite frequently during major votes, and this one is no different. Because the way these elections are going, nothing is certain. Erdogan needs 50% of the votes, or more of course, to secure a win. But because he was short, Turkey is holding a second round or runoff elections on May 28. So, who are the main contenders and what do they represent? Kiluc Daroglu's Nation Alliance is a coalition of six parties, an unlikely bunch with diverse agendas. Independent researcher Gune Yildiz explains. So you have a secularist political party, the main opposition party. You have a hardline nationalist party. You have a conservative Islamist party. You have the Kurds supporting this alliance from the outside. You have also some liberals within this coalition and some center-right people. So it's very, you know, it's a a very unlikely coalition. Uh, And on the government side, on the ruling uh, coalition, uh, is mostly like a nationalist conservative coalition. It's much more unified. So it's not that diverse when it comes to the the government. So Turkey is a highly polarized society, like on uh, ethnic and uh, religious issues. And uh, this diversity of the opposition is actually very difficult to maintain because if you know people are polarized, then that polarization splits the, the, the opposition bloc squarely. Okay, so there are two very different entities running for president, ideologically speaking. Let's look at each one, starting with Erdogan and his seemingly ever-changing way of doing things. Here's Gune again. The foreign policy of the ruling bloc was dictated by geopolitical necessities uh, and strategic concerns uh, rather than personal whim or like rather than ideology, because President Erdogan in his 21 year in power has pursued uh, very different uh, policies. Like at one point he was pursuing a pro-Western policy, then what people called an Islamist policy, then a Sunni Islamist policy. And then he was back to you know cooperating with Iran against uh, Sunni Kurds, for example, or cooperating with Russia against the Sunni Islamists in Syria. So he had many U-turns. Despite his alternating views, it seems that Erdogan is consistent in the way he likes his diplomacy, whereas Kiluc Daroglu promised he'd take a more traditional approach. President Erdogan himself prefers strongman politics, like in which a strongman talks to another strongman from top to top, bypassing uh, traditional foreign policymaking uh, mechanisms like the foreign ministries and having speedy deals. For example, he sits down with President Putin and decides on a variety of issues and things can move forward very quickly and they can deliver. This causes some instability in relations as well. When there is, you know, a bad blood between two uh, top men, then, you know, their relations uh, suffer from it. And we have so many examples of it with President Erdogan and uh, leaders across the Middle East and the West, for example. But the opposition wants to pursue a more institutionalized foreign policy. So uh, it might further Turkey's relations or help Turkey's relations with the West because West also prefers institutionalized foreign policy. Great. 
So now that we've broken that down, let's take a look back at the elections. Because as much as it may seem that Erdogan and Kiluc Darolo are the only two that matter, there is one more person that many are looking towards. Could he be the key? The one whose support makes a difference? Sinan Owan is a center-right-wing politician. He ranked third in the elections. So why does he matter? Well, he got a surprising 5% of the vote, equating to the support of 2.3 million people. That's a lot of people. Arguably, the candidate that Owan chooses to endorse is the winner. But not everybody agrees that it's that clear-cut, nor that Owan is the supposed kingmaker, as he's being called. Here's senior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and career diplomat Alper Kuchkun. Mr. Sinalgan has already signaled his readiness to negotiate with either side, as well as an interest in the office of the vice presidency. It's dubious whether he holds full control over those who have supported him, so his endorsement either of Erdogan or Kılıçdaroğlu may not necessarily translate into an increase of 5 percentage points for either one. However, given the fact that Erdogan already has a significant lead over Kılıçdaroğlu, even a small shift from Ogan's supporters to Erdogan might make all the difference in the runoff. You can't talk about Turkish politics without addressing Syria, specifically when it comes to the stance that the incumbent leader will take towards or against Turkey's 4 million Syrian refugees. In 2011, they fled Bashar al-Assad's government and rule, seeking safe haven in Turkey, Syria's neighbor to the north. To many of them, Erdogan was considered a hero. Here's Arwa Ajub, Senior Analyst with the Center for Operational Analysis and Research, CORE. Erdogan successfully portrayed himself uh, as the leader of the Sunni Muslims, resonating not only with Syrians, uh, but also with other Sunni Muslim refugees in Turkey. Often referred to as, uh, quote-unquote, the lion of uh, Sunni in northwest Syria and among some Syrians in Turkey, Erdogan has framed uh, his open-door policy for Syrian refugees in religious terms. He has drawn parallels between uh, the historical hijra or the migration of the Prophet Muhammad in the 7th century and the current experience of refugees. As you know, the Prophet and his followers, uh, known as al-Muhajirun or the immigrants, fled the oppression uh, in Mecca and found refuge in uh, al-Medina, where they were welcomed and protected uh, by al-Ansar or the supporters. Erdogan has likened Turkish people to al-Ansar and the Syrian refugees to al-Muhajirun. In terms of why Syrians are uh, voting for Erdogan, I think there are many reasons that could explain this. First, Erdogan stands out from his political rivals by promising not to repatriate uh, Syrian uh, uh, refugees unless they voluntarily choose to return uh, to Syria. And this is not the case with uh, his opponent. His opponent, for example, is very adamant to send Syrians back to Syria and he's ready to talk to the Syrian regime to take care of these refugees and deal with the PKK-YPG issue. Also, many of those who got the Turkish citizenship believe that if it was not for the AKP, the ruling party in Turkey, they would not have gotten their citizenship. Now, all this makes him a favorable choice uh, for many Syrians in Turkey. So, speaking of choice, now Turks have to choose who their next leader is going to be. Erdogan, Turkey's longest ruler, now 21 years in power, or Kilush Daroglu with a harsher stance against Syrians and a more diverse coalition. We'll have to wait until May 28 to find out, and until then, 
That's all from us on Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Nadal Tahir. A special thank you to Gunay Yildiz, Alper Kuchkun, and Urwa Ajroub. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Dua Farid. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about everything that's current and interesting, hit subscribe wherever you're listening and tell all your friends too.